Good evening, everybody. Well, tonight we're having technical problems with Chris Williamson's uh, tech. So uh, it's back to me. And I'm going to be talking tonight to uh, hopefully Chris and Terry Deans, who got um, thrown out of labour for wearing a T-shirt. Um, so if you'd like to uh, bring Terry in, please. Hi, Ter. Hi, Lizzie. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Nice well, to see you. Uh, we're talking about Chris. Chris uh, won an award for uh, his lifetime achievements um, in the Labour Party. You, on the other hand, um, only came to politics four years ago, five years ago? Six. Six? <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Was it Six Jeremy years, yeah. Corbyn that uh, that got you in, or or got you into it, or something else? Well, it's Jeremy Corbyn that got me into the Labour Party, yes. And you, but did you get into politics briefly before that? You just thought, what did you just think? Well, I better stop um, stop shouting off about everything and just start getting involved. Yeah, I think it. I think it. I've always been political, Lizzie, uh, since I was a teenager. Really, um, it's just that I never got involved in party politics. Um, I've got involved in my own politics all through my life, and anybody who, who's within earshot of me would know <laughs> that. <laughs> so it's funny. I was I was actually thinking about uh, getting involved in politics uh, at the start of two thousand and fifteen, after all those years. Of the, uh, finally, and I thought to myself, well, I'm going to have to do something. I, I can't just go around like just talking to my own circles all the time and decide I was going to get involved in it. And I was on the point of joining the Socialist Workers Party in Plymouth in February 2015. And I decided against that. Um, and I was going to look at other options. And then, and then Mr. Corbyn came along. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. And... You know, I mean, you've seen it the same as myself, same as most people who uh, joined the Labour Party because of Jeremy Corbyn, um, you know, who hadn't been involved in politics particularly before. Like you say, we're, once we realise that everything is political, absolutely every decision that we make, every every thing that we suffer, everything that supports us by the state is is all it's all political. And it's at the whim and will of the polit political parties to take it away or, or support ordinary people. And we saw Jeremy Corbyn getting trashed and uh, we saw Chris Williamson getting trashed. We saw a lot of people go before that, but they weren't they weren't MPs for a start. And then we saw Chris Williamson uh, get taken out with uh, a smears. And uh, so let's jump forward to now. Um, you've just been expelled from the Labour Party. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I'd just like to add, actually, before I say that, I, 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 not only had, had I not been involved in politics, party politics before until the, at the age of nearly 55, it was a month before my 55th birthday that I joined the Labour Party. Um, I'd never actually voted in my life before. Um, so it was a big turnaround for me, and I, I find it quite ironic that I'm, I'm a, a ex Royal Navy Falklands War veteran, and I, I went to the, obviously at the age of 21, I went and sort of uh, represented my country in a, in a war at the other end of the world, but I've never actually voted for any of the individuals who would send me to those wars. So it's quite ironic that somebody who had done that had never actually voted for it before, you know. So, um, so fast forward, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've just recently been expelled. Um, I just, I just, funny enough, I just come off a 12-month punitive suspension in September uh, for things which I still can't get my head around. As you know, I don't know what's going on in the Labour Party as far as like common sense and things like that are concerned. But they they put me on a punitive suspension, um, and then that just got lifted September. And then um, uh, this T-shirt that I'm wearing that you remember very well, Lizzie, because you, it's your fault because you interviewed me at the Rialto. Um, and some very clever person in the Labour Party saw me wearing this T-shirt and decided that they would use that in the allegations, citing that in the allegations uh, to justify my expulsion. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't make it up, could you? 
No, no. Well, uh, so basically, if, if it wasn't for Chris, you wouldn't have got um, you wouldn't have got expelled. Well, it was definitely it was a, <laughs> good old Chris. I mean, he can't do anything, can he? The poor bloke, you know. No. You know, anybody, anybody, you know, anybody who's seen within, you know, earshot of him, or you know. That's the way it is. Yeah. Well, so. you know, they must they must watch Resist TV every week, mustn't they? To well, a, I was to thinking. I was actually thinking. I was having a yeah. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine earlier, and uh, I was actually, you know, really chuffed on myself because I thought, after all this time in my life, that little old me, you know, from the, a backwater little village in Northern Ireland, like nobody's ever heard of, um, could be such a threat to the good old British Labour Party, you know, with this history and everything I thought. So, you know, it's amazing, really. I'm quite sort of chuffed about that. I never thought I was that good. You know? Yeah, I, th I, think, I think... I never realised they were that bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, you know, when, when they're pl taking out ordinary people um, who have some influence on social media, do you think that's what it is? Like my T-shirt, by the way. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, I like leaders, that. Leaders, leaders suck <laughs> yeah. because um, in 2015, um, I I got involved with um, oh, representative uh, voting, proportional representation, and uh, my mate and I decided to stand as uh, for MP, and we would have job shared the job if we got it because uh, we thought that. There were so many MPs that, that weren't there to represent their communities. Most of them aren't there to represent their communities, are there? And no. we thought that uh, we would we would do really well, and we didn't. So then Jeremy Corbyn came along, and I too was dragged into Labour because of him. And I met Chris in about 2016, I think it was, at Brighton, and... Um, I interviewed him. I was interviewing him all the time. And I had a friend called Gilad who was a sax player for the <clears throat> for the blockheads, the enduring the blockheads. And um he for some reason he wasn't able to uh he, he wasn't able to play somewhere. He was getting uh, prescribed. <laughs> he was getting prescribed. So I said to Chris, could you put an ad out? You know, could you retweet this tweet? So that um, the, the the venue accepts Gilad, and that was actually the first time Chris got in trouble. That was about 2017, I think, and that was the first time that Chris got in trouble because it turns out that Gilad Atzmon is an Israeli um, uh, who who agree who supports Palestinians. So of course that that got him in real trouble. Um, what else did? What else did they say that you were because you're Labour and Exile Network, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Uh, they they cited it was a, it was a t-shirt wearing thing, uh, the Chris Williamson t-shirt. This one, um, plus um, the membership of the of the proscribed, the recently proscribed Labour and Exile Network. Um, so yeah, so that was it. So I was guilty on both on both of those fronts. Clearly, yeah. I mean, obviously, I was wearing the t-shirt. You know, so and I am I am in the Labour Exile Network because I'm an exile. I mean, yeah, you know, there you go. Yeah. yeah so. Um, okay. Well, can we uh, can we bring Christine in now because she's got a similar story to Terry's. Hi, Christine. Hello. I've just unmuted myself. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I was expelled for wishing good luck to Chris Williamson on Facebook. Um, a year before I was actually expelled. That was it, just two words. Well, actually, what I said was, good luck from Thanet South. We have had our problems too. <laughs> so what, whatever they interpreted that as was obviously so wicked, I was out. Yeah. And had you, uh, you're also part of Labour and Exile Network, aren't you? Yes, us and all the other exiles. What you're looking for? My background is sorry. Oh right, <laughs> that's all right. I thought you had a big sign behind you or something. No, just a blank wall. 
<laughs> oh, usually you've got a you're holding up a sign whenever I see you, aren't you? In exile. I've got a heart. Oh, well, that's lovely. <laughs> so what did Chris say? Uh, did Chris speak to you after you got um, summarily expelled? Did he offer support? Yes, yes, he, he rang me up and was very friendly and uh, um, very kind. Um, I didn't want to go down any kind of legal route or take anyone's uh, crowdfunded money because uh, I didn't think I was worth it, really, uh, you know, because I didn't mind being out. I was so fed up with the evil people I was encountering um, in various bits of the Labour Party bureaucracy that... Uh, I wasn't at all surprised what had happened and uh, I didn't really want to take legal action because, I, to be honest, if uh, um, individual cases are just not worth fighting, it's got to be a mass movement, really. Yeah, a huge tort. Well, Terry, what about you? Did you think about legal action? What, from, the, from, from what, the, the uh, expulsion? Yeah, for your T-shirt. Never crossed my mind. No, no, I, 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 I couldn't think. I couldn't think. Uh, I mean, the Labour Party. By the way, Lizzie, look, I don't know much about legalities, and I don't know much about politics. Okay, and I don't, and even less about the internal machinations of party politics. The Labour Party internal machinations just bemuse me, to be honest with you. So, I, but, I, but I have a funny feeling that that they've got some kind of a, you know, like private club type of a thing going on where they can do whatever they want within you know as long as they're not breaking civil laws i guess but if they're not happy with me for wearing a t-shirt or being involved with a group that they're not happy with what can i what can i do you know yeah i don't think I, unless somebody can tell me differently i don't think there's any legal ramifications or any comeback from me no one's no one's advised me anyway when i was uh first out of labor i was very angry um and I was so angry, not just not not particularly for me. I was angry for me, but I was more angry for people like Chris, who had given his in who'd been in the Labour Party his entire life. And you know, he was on a building site and he, he would go around getting subscriptions and you know asking people to join up and, and doing so much work all of his life and to be treated so terribly you know and it's like the way they treat jeremy corbyn now you know he's an elder statesman and he's the he was the leader of the labor party he was the the leader of her majesty's opposition and and yet he's treated like absolute dirt and chris williamson is treated like dirt i remember walking around brighton with with chris in 2019 and people were spitting you know spitting uh, and what's that all about you know and they just believed all this lie and propaganda you know and well at this point should we bring ian in um i i'm i don't think we're going to get chris back um he's tried to get on a couple of times hi ian hi lizzie all right i'm fine well, Yes, we're all fine. I'd like you to tell the tell the audience a bit about what happened to you, please. So, so I've I've got expelled on the twenty fifth of November. Um, I was in auto excluded, um, or that was the letter I received in August uh, for being a sponsor of Labour Against the Witch Hunt, uh, which I wasn't a sponsor. Uh, my name did appear under the list of sponsors, along with the likes of Noam Chomsky and Ken Loach and Alexi Sale. Um, but I don't think any of those were sponsors of it either. The Labour Against the Witch Hunt was set up in 2017. Um, and it was on the back of our general secretary at the time getting uh, suspended. Um, and if you can remember at that time, there was an election going on for the leadership of the Labour Party. And, and it was felt that a number of people that were likely to be uh, supporters of Jeremy Corbyn uh, were finding themselves for various uh, reasons to, uh, you know, receiving letters um, of suspension to, so they couldn't take part yeah. in that leadership election. And, and that's basically why Labour Against the Witch Hunt was set up. 
Um, it's never stood a candidate, um, and to my knowledge, it doesn't. It doesn't actually meet, um, and it probably hasn't met since about two thousand and seventeen, when you know we 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 uh, we were basically saying you know that that people who get suspended, they should be told the reasons why they were suspended. Um, they should be entitled to a fair hearing. Uh, they should have due process, or so they should have a fair timeline and the right to representation, and that's what Labour against the witch hunt was set up for. I mean, I got asked um, on a picket line. Um, it was, uh, was in Watford. It was a McDonald's strike uh, by Mark Wadsworth, um, who asked if our union would support the campaign, um, especially with what had happened to to our general secretary and the fact that he was, you know brought back into the party very, very quickly because he was a general secretary. But yet a number of others, uh, they'd still found themselves out uh, on suspension without knowing uh, for up to 18 months, two years. Um, and that's why the campaign was set up. I mean, it had nothing to do with anti-Semitism whatsoever. Um, but they, they, they basically have decided that whether or not I was a sponsor didn't matter. My name appeared on the website. And so because my name appeared on the website, um, then that was justification to, to expel me. Um, even though, even though they know, um, I've had, um, no involvement with them since 2017. Um, they, they decided that, you know, my name appearing on that website, like I said to him, you know, my name appears on Redwatch. Uh, but I'm not a supporter of that organisation either. Um, you know, my, my name appears on many on many uh, websites. It doesn't mean I support them. I'm, you know, I don't support the Daily Mail, but they have some stuff on there about me too. Uh, it's not an endorsement. Uh, you know, I mean, but but I mean, you know, the whole the whole situation is is a mess. I mean, but my my belief is that they they wanted uh, they wanted the scalp of a you know a, a trade union supporting um you know of the left um and the bakers union was you know a reasonable uh, name uh, that they could offer up uh, to 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 enable them to be able to say look you know we're dealing with whatever it is that they think they're dealing with and you know um we can we can push these out and somehow yeah. that will make the labor party more electable yeah, because they don't want the Labour Party to be associated with trade unions anymore. No, exactly. I mean, and you know, I mean, and 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 they, they you know, the, the problem that the Labour Party has, I mean, is you know, whether they like it or not, is their association with us uh, goes back to their very foundings. We actually balloted our members in 1902 uh, to raise a levy. That levy was used to 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 provide the hundred organisers to actually build. The Labour Party that, that Keir Starmer um, has, has inherited. Obviously, it's not the same Labour Party uh, with the same aims and ambitions that we, you know, we were we were hoping for in 1902. You know, we we see in 1902 our, our then General Secretary talking about, you know, a party that represents the laboured classes, a party that ends landlordism. You know, a party. You know that 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 serves the interests of, of, of the communities and and the MPs are representatives um, of those classes and come from those classes. But we know the Labour Party isn't made up of workers anymore. It has no real connection. You know, we they, they fly people into these seats to these safe yeah. seats that have no real connection with the community. Um, and you know, the more interested, as they say, in representing business. And the Labour Party being open for business rather than, you know, fighting for, for workers' rights and fighting for the interests of, uh, of our communities. Yeah. Well, and tell, tell us about um, your experience at conference. Uh, didn't they hold you this year in Brighton? Didn't they hold you in, in the outer hall until a vote was taken? Yeah, so, so obviously... Um, we had to go and pick up our. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was deliberate or not. I mean, it was. It was. It was just unfortunate that that uh, you know they called for for a card vote um, and we were queuing up. There was a few of us. We were queuing up 
Um, and I actually had my card votes and I was ready to put it in the box and they wouldn't let me vote. Um, but I mean, like I say, it wasn't just me. There was, there was quite a number of people. It just happened to be for the, um, the general secretary's, um, election. David Evans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's meant to be for his election. Um, and you know, they, they need to make sure they, um, they got that vote through in, in, in a way that, that, he was able to uh, secure his position. I mean, it was funny that that was the only vote where there was no ballot boxes left out uh, to be uh, for people to take a ballot on. I mean, it was basically opened up and then it was short. Yeah. <laughs> they got the right votes in, so therefore they didn't, want, they didn't want to hang about, I don't think. Do you think there was cling film over the hole? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, but it, but it says everything you need to know about the, the current state of the Labour Party. You know, I mean, I was at the Chulo meeting where, where they, they, they disrespected the trade unions. Yeah. Um, they, they deliberately divided the trade unions over some emergency motions that they wanted to push through, uh, which they claim was about democratising uh, the Labour Party. There was, a, there was a consensus of opinion of the trade unions. Um, but what, what, what Keir Starmer and, and David Evans did was, was terrible because they rode a horse and carriage through that consensus, which, is, which has divided the trade unions on Chulo, um, which will take a long, long time, I think, to repair. They, they, may, uh, they may not uh, come out openly and talk about it, but the fact is, is he seriously damaged them and he seriously undermined uh, those trade unions. And basically... You know, as long as he could secure a vote, he demonstrated his lack of concern, lack of interest in building a relationship with the trade union movement, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, that's common across all of the trade unions now. They're all uh, in some way disaffiliating or, or just withdrawing. Is it Unite is withdrawing to its basic payment just to stay within the realms of Labour? So can you see, what can you see going forward? You know, um, Terry, I know, is going to stand as an independent uh, in the May elections. I believe it's the May elections. Uh, Christine is, um, is fighting to be returned to the Labour Party. What, what, what do you think that you'll, you'll do? I mean, you know, obviously we we um, we disaffiliated and you know, we're no longer part of the Labour Party. We will support where we couldn't previously do. We, you know, we have people that don't stand on behalf of the Labour Party that do stand uh, for other political organisations who we've never been able to um, provide any any funding for. Not that we're rich, but obviously, you know, we do we do provide we did provide money for for people who are standing to become Labour councillors or Labour MPs. Uh, but we will now do that for people who stand, um, you know, who are members who are standing uh, for, for council seats or to become MPs. I mean, we will we will not be tied with supporting just the Labour Party. We won't. Yeah. Uh, we certainly won't be campaigning for the Labour Party. Uh, we certainly won't be supporting a Keir Starmer-led uh, Labour Party. We will support, you know, certain socialist MPs, you know, like John McDonnell, you know, Richard Bergen, Ian Mearns, Ian Lavery, and those those types of uh, MPs. But but we won't we won't be campaigning to to get people like Ben. What's he called? I, I always forget him. Get mixed up with that Tory. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't tell the difference. Um, you know, we certainly won't be out for West Street in. Uh, we certainly, you know, won't be out for Lisa and Andy. You know, we won't be yeah. supporting any of those types of candidates at all because you know they they are not serving the interests of, of, of our of our members and they're not serving the interests of the communities that they're supposed to represent. You know, and they demonstrated that by denying our opportunity to have a Labour government um, by working, um, you know, to to undermine firstly Jeremy Corbyn in two thousand and sixteen and then making sure that we didn't win that election in 2017, and the way that they acted between 2017 and 2019, with the deliberate, you know, fire-setting um, of, of, of people like Chris. And, and you know, uh, it wasn't just Chris, was it? I mean, there was quite a number of people that, that were that were demonised, not, not because they're, they're racist, but because they believed that Palestinians, you know, should be able to go to bed at night and wake up in the morning without the fear of being bombed. 
you know, I think we're all entitled to a right to life. And then anybody who doesn't understand that, um, you know, I, I, I'm just disappointed for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think also, um, you know, Chris's Democracy Roadshow and his investigation into certain nefarious businesses operate, operating around Whitehall. You know, I remember the video came out of him knocking on a door and uh, the guy opening the door and then slamming it in Chris's face because he was scared um, yeah. of, of the fact that Chris was investigating them. And uh, I think it was within a few days that, 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 that the torrent of uh, attacks came on Chris. So I think, you know, it's, it's anti-establishment. Uh, anybody who does anything to, to rock the establishment's boat, whether it's uh, their, their political and monetary interest in aligning with, with Israel or, um, or, or whether it's uh, secret money, <laughs> secret money from wherever, or it is just anyone that that is that is speaking out. Because ordinary people like like Terry, tell us, Terry, if if uh, you could unmute yourself, please. Um, Terry, what did you think about Ian? You know, you were saying that you didn't want to. Uh, stand for the TUST, which is the Trade Union and Socialist Coalition, and it, that is uh, quite union-based. So so what will you do with, with, with no support whatsoever? Well, um, I, I, I haven't got any support whatsoever, um, which, is, which is nice. Um, but on the subject of TUSC, um, you know, Fletcher dragging Labour in exile into this too much, but Labour in exile are, are uh, coordinating things called shadow CLPs. And in Plymouth, we've been doing the same thing long before Labour in exile ever existed. I, I did that as soon as I came into the Labour Party in Plymouth, when I realised straight away that the, the people who ran the show weren't interested in people, new members and democracy and things like that. So I started making strides in the, right from day one, really, from the very first ever Labour Party meeting I went to, um, to coordinate groups of people, um, like-minded people who would support each other and uh, get involved in local activism and campaigns. So those people still exist in Plymouth and amongst those people uh, we've extended out to um, members of TUSC and there's various guises of socialist workers, party, socialist party, individuals. And just recently we've, we've had a meeting to discuss a strategy that we're going to use going forward in Plymouth in regards to the local elections. And the, those people are supportive of me and have agreed that they would, if, if, I, if I was to stand in a ward in Plymouth, that not only would they support me, but they would actually withdraw their candidate from, from that ward in order to support me. So Yeah, because you're signing so, a no-cuts. No yeah, and they know me because over the years, despite the fact that the Labour Party have put incredible pressure on people like me to try and bully and intimidate us from associating with those types of people, um, uh, you know, I, I, I have... I have I've just I've ignored all that and basically um, just fomented good relationships with them. And not just them, like people, just members of the community and people from different trade unions, GMB, local United people, et cetera, et cetera. People who don't vote. That was what I was hoping to get round to, oh. was the people who don't vote. How many people in, in Plymouth don't vote? Do you know offhand? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know the numbers exactly. I could tell you the numbers in the ward that I'm in. I mean, we the ward that I'm in at the moment, because I mean, I've, I know most of them because I've, I've been campaigning relentlessly since the day I got into the Labour Party. So one of the good things that I've learned is I've learned a lot of stuff about the demographic and about canvassing techniques and the strengths yeah. and weaknesses of the Labour Party. And I haven't found many strengths, to be perfectly honest with you. But I've learned an awful lot about the demographics. And one of the demographics in the uh, ward that I uh, would be looking to stand in uh, it's got something like a 29-30% turnout, which 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 converts into a ward of about 6,500 people, uh, converts into something like 1,300 of them vote, yeah. something like that, 12, you know, it's it's an incredibly low number of people, so it's uh, somewhere in circa 70% of the ward, and that's pretty consistent throughout Plymouth. So uh, is, that what, is that what you're angling up for me to, for me to, to, to talk about? Um, yes, because yes, because... It's, it's, 
you know, it's it's not only we're just in a little bubble, really, us yeah. people who've been expelled from Labour and who are on who are left leaning, shall we call it yeah. that, who are who are after a better life for everybody, regardless of who they are. Uh, everybody yeah. deserves a, a decent standard of life, especially in the sixth richest country in the world. And all well, these people who don't realise, I mean, like you never voted before, um, before 2015, was it, or 2017 even. 2017 so, was the first time I voted, 56 yeah. years old. And mm -hmm. did you think that labelling yourself as standing for TUSC would, would somehow alienate you from all those voters that don't vote or, or prospective voters? Look, I I haven't ruled myself out of it. Okay, I think I think that I think that I'm on a journey, Liz, Lizzie. Okay, and I'm I'm learning a lot of things, um, and so I'm not sort of ruling myself in or out of anything at the moment. It's, uh, one of the, one of the things, but from someone who's kind of um, uh, been a non-voter and very very skeptical and cynical of of party politics, it's difficult for me to see past things like. Like I understand people have explained about the TUSC and it's not the same as a political party, I, and I totally get all that. But I look at it from the point of view of a of of, of someone in the doorstep who doesn't know these things. They don't know the nuances of all this stuff, right? Yeah. And what they what they see is is they see a candidate with a label against their name, and that label denotes a political party. And as much as you can stand it till you're blue in the face telling them about it, they'll still see you as you're under some sort of uh, you know label or branding or you're under some sort of jurisdiction or yeah. duty bound to do something or other so i want to give it a go for myself from my, just from the experience i've had over the years with the labor party um and what i've actually done as a campaigner for the labor party i want to try and see if i can do that uh, from a more independent and not, not associated at this moment in time um yeah. with any political party because that's where i come from lizzie that's that's that's, that's what i'm familiar with it for one of a better expression so I want to give that a try and see. But I'm not saying I'm not going to root it out because I know some very good people that are to, to USC candidates and supporters of them. So I want to keep a good relationship with those people. Yeah, well, and it, it's a balance of, uh, of financial and um, and peer support, isn't it? You know, yeah. that you get from being a part of a coalition such as TUSC, but also yeah. uh, when like when you go on onto the doorstep, it, it's almost as if all people who don't vote, who don't understand or don't care about politics, who don't care about politics, um, they will see you as a politician rather than matey Terry from down the road who's going to yeah. make our lives better. So it's balancing the two, between the two, isn't it? Yeah, Let's it's, ask it's, Christine. Christine, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, so you... <sighs> You have been active in Thanet for a, for a long, long time, haven't you? In uh, in media and politics, you did a newsletter. You had Farage there, didn't you? Tell us a bit about that. You're muted. <laughs> Sorry, I thought That's I'd right. unmuted. Um, th th that was certainly the most powerful political thing that uh, that happened down here. Apart from the war, there were a lot of people came together to oppose the the Iraq war and those people stayed as a kind of network so when it came to fighting UKIP there was already a group of people who you know were prepared to come out and do some street fighting basically yeah. um, and that's what we had to do we had to turn up outside every UKIP meeting and make our presence felt and I, I, I don't really mean street fighting the the fascists who turned up to defend Farage were the ones into that. Um, we did things like organise um, a continental breakfast for UKIP. They were having a big meeting in the UKIP office in Ramsgate. That, that I'm from Thanet in East Kent. And there was a big UKIP meeting. They'd invited uh, people from all over Kent. So we had a load of stores opposite and offered them croissants and French cakes and things like that. And it puzzled everybody. And it was it was fantastic because they'd come over and take a, a cake and you'd talk to them and you'd say, look, here's Ramsgate. It was regenerated with European funding. Look at that blue notice over there. That building wouldn't exist except for, 
for the European Union and you'd engage them in conversation and then they'd come back for more cake and so we did we did weird stuff like that that um and Farage wasn't elected so that that was a very strong message to to a, a very disparate group of people to come together for a political action that was actually successful we did manage to get the most right-wing Tory MP who was actually ex-UKIP but at least it wasn't Nigel Farage and then those people that were part of the Stand Up to UKIP movement um, in 2015 suddenly found that Jeremy Corbyn had become the leader of the Labour Party. So that was another thing that we could migrate into and take our activism. And I think we were different from quite a lot of other areas <clears throat> because we, we set up a local momentum group. But I, I think we hadn't come out of the Labour Party. We'd come out of opposing a Labour Party war the you know the majority of the people in the movement and we we were very um because we'd been opposing fascism we'd thought through what we thought politically and it was socialism so a load of socialists went into momentum and then migrated into the the labor party from there um and supported uh, supported jeremy corbyn and went on supporting him well, so what do you think that we can do now? Because we've got uh, four, four months, three three and a bit months. Uh, sorry, is that five months? Apologise, I was thinking March, not May, uh, till, till the local elections. So I think as some areas, as some areas have got um, local elections and others haven't i don't really understand it and i know a huge amount of people in the country don't understand it you know they don't understand what the parish council is the district council the county council and an mp they've got no idea who's got jurisdiction over what who does what and if you wanted to stand as a councillor um, you still wouldn't have much of a clue and unless you taught yourself about it because Nobody ever sees their parish council or district council or county council in operation. They do round do here, actually, Lizzie, because uh, in a small area like uh, I live in Broadstairs, you know who your local councillors are. You meet them in the high street. You stop them and you say, look, my street light's out. Do something about it. The, the lift broken on the seafront. Do something about it. Or you stand outside it with a placard and a few other disabled people saying, look, do something about this. The local paper takes it up. So in a small area, you get a chance to influence your council and your town council or your parish council much more. And I think yeah. in every area, behaved as if that they could actually do something, that they could get out on the streets and contact the people that have been elected to, to actually do something about the problems of their area, then more stuff would be done. Yeah. I mean, local politics in this area is in a bit of a state, though, because the Labour Party has just chucked out yet another Labour councillor without giving a good reason for it. And she's also a prominent health service campaigner. And the local Labour Party, um, Thanet South Labour Party, has taken um, the ability away from uh, Labour Party members to put campaign issues onto their Facebook page. So, you know, it's it's all kind of nuts. But the thing to do is to get out on the streets and shout about it. Yeah, that's right, because people won't know. You know, like Terry already mm. said, 70% uh, of people generally, or 60% at least, don't vote. So, so people, so we have to reach those people, don't we? And a lot of them are activists and they are already campaigning um, just not politically. And there is no political help, is there? Because Labour is gone now. Um, the Tories were never there. The Lib Dems are only there if if you can uh if if you can advance their agenda. The Greens are they're not politically minded, are they? So we're we're left with um with no political avenue, but we need people to get involved with politics. So how do we do that? Ian, can you unmute yourself? What what do you think we can do going forward? You know, the unions don't don't seem to have a huge voice. You know, everybody who goes to work um, think if they're a member of their union at work, it's so that they can get 
support if they have problems at work. They don't think of it as a political um, as a political arm of anything, do they? No, I mean, which which is a huge change, which is a huge change from how unions used to be viewed. I mean, if if you if if you know if you look back at the history of trade unions, it was about uh, trade unionism. It was about building uh, political power in the communities, and, you know, the 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 aim of, of of changing you know the 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 system. That was that's what the trade unions created the Labour Party uh, to do, and quite clearly the Labour Party has failed in that. You know, I mean, you know, what's really interesting is when you look at you know the reasons why. We, we created the Labour Party. I mean, for example, the, the, the King was feeding 500,000 people uh, in London um, at Christmas in, in 1902 because the people were too poor to be able to put food on the table. I mean, the only thing that's changed instead of being a king, it's now a footballer that's feeding our school children. And, you know, we, we're reliant on food banks. You know, people are yeah. still too poorly paid. We still don't have decent homes. You know, and, and then and in many cases, it's because we've, we've fallen for this idea that Westminster is the only place that change can happen. We believe that change only occurs when a politician and a political party gets elected and those, those changes are made. Well, yes, changes are made, but they don't, aren't made in our interest because they feel that they want to be charitable towards us. There's, there's a reason why they make change. And it's normally because, you know, there's some corporate taking them out for lunch or, you know, offering to take them on a, on a, a nice holiday somewhere uh, in a warm climate when the weather's cold here, you know, or, or maybe tarmacking the drive if it's a council. You know, the reality is, is that when cha real change has happened for us, it's because we forced it. I mean, people talk about the Atlee government and the Atlee government is probably the only socialist government we've actually really ever had. But, you know, when we talk about the, the NHS, I mean, the NHS actually came from a creation of the miners in Tredegan, you know? Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the actual uh, setup of the National Health Service, if it had gone through to full completion, it would have been a mirror image of what the miners did in Tredegan, you know? Yeah. But obviously it got stopped. Uh, unfortunately, and then obviously when we when we lost the election in 1951, you know the Tories got in, and you know things things never really uh, saw their full implementation. Otherwise, the NHS would be probably um, in a much more secure position uh, than it is now, as we see with the uh, privatisation that's 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 there and um, taking taking a grip um, and 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 putting our, all of our health at risk. I mean, from our, our perspective as a trade union, what we're intending to do now is, is to link up in the community, is to, is to identify community activists, is to build community power, is to launch a campaign called People Powered uh, Communities. It's, it's, it's to offer uh, support and advice to people in the community on zero hours contracts, for example. Um, so if they don't know their rights, if they're in debt, if people are in debt, we're going to provide a service that will be able to uh, help them manage that debt or get out of that debt and, and how to live, you know, a, a more comfortable uh, existence, you know, to to um, campaign and learn to campaign around issues like right to food, to have the right to food enshrined into legislation uh, so people aren't having to rely on the charity and goodwill uh, of others um, when they should be able to, to live a decent life themselves. We, we, we don't want to see people having to queue up at food banks and suffer the indignity of taking some piece of paper because somebody's decided that they're entitled to go to a food bank. I mean, we, we, we're going we're gonna to help train the communities in, 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 in various aspects about how uh, they can stand up uh, for each other, uh, how we can build real change in those communities. And we're not, you know, we're not daft. We, we know it's... You know, it's going to be little pockets here and there, but they're going to be important pockets. Because if we demonstrate, you know, in, in the way that we have done, I mean, like we did when we campaigned around £10 an hour, for example, the abolition of zero-hours contracts, you know, the, the, the abolition of uh, youth rates. I mean, in 2014, I mean, we were called uh, extremists uh, for wanting to, to, to make those uh, a political uh, campaign. But yet by 2017... Most political parties had them 
and enshrined in their document to for people to vote on. I mean, so you know, things can change if we come together, and and it's the solidarity uh, that we need to remind people is our strength, and it always has been. And when we stand together, then we will always win. You know, yeah. and our history shows us that. It's just that we keep forgetting. Yeah. So do you think, well, thank you. That was a fine speech there, Ian. <laughs> thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, to, to bring it back to uh, Chris and uh, his lifetime achievement, that was built within Labour, I know. But it started out as union uh, activism on the building site, didn't it? And um, I know I, I can't speak for Chris, and unfortunately, I, I figure the audience already knows. If you've joined us after after the beginning of the show, I'm afraid we lost Chris. Um, his technical difficulties just overcame him. But uh, now he's outside of Labour, and the resistance movement has decided to become a political party. Well, well, fair enough for them. That's that's the way the members voted. So so that's what should happen. But um, it's it's very difficult to see how we can get things moving quick enough for for the May local elections um, in an in an organised in a solidarity way. You know, um, without using all of um, our tools, which is the unions, which is uh, Extinction Rebellion, which is Fanet against Farage, <laughs> which is Labour and XR Network, which is, you know, all these disparate groups, really, we really need to push together, don't we, I think? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, we, we've got to, we've got to recognise that we have more in common um than 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 we realize and and then it's our unity um that is our strength i mean you know those those are the keys um to, to building a, a a an ability to have the right to a political voice i mean and, and we, we we are entitled to one you know working class people have the right to a political voice but obviously you know with with everything that's stacked against us you know, it's going to take people on the ground. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take explaining. It's going to take, you know, uh, meeting people and, and and explaining to them the the difference that we can make together. You know, yeah. and 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 what's ranged against us. You know, you know the radios. They own the radios. They own the TV stations. The newspapers. We've got all of those ranged against us. But one of the things that, that I would say is in 2017, obviously, social media came along and changed that election and also changed our ability to communicate to people. Yeah. And whether you're for or against momentum, what momentum actually showed us is getting feet on the ground, getting boots on the ground, really made a difference in elections. The problem that Labour had in North Shropshire is there was nobody out there campaigning for it. They've yeah. won one of six by-elections because they can't get people out to support them. And there's yeah. a reason for that, because nobody has faith and confidence that this is a party that wants to make a difference to people's lives. I think if you have the right message and you explain to people, you know, the difference that we can make and, the, and what, we, what we should be, you know, having as a right, then I think people buy into that. I think people buy into an idea of a future where their children you know, will be entitled to a decent home, entitled to a contract of employment, entitled to be able to go down the shop and pay because they've earned the wages and they've earned enough that they're not going to have to go into a dip into a credit card um, and, and not be able to afford all the different things that they should have as a right, as we used to have. You know, but it just takes explaining to people about how and why uh, we need to stand together to achieve it. Yeah. And uh, do you think that the unions usually operate within a workplace in, in wherever they are in the country? So it, it, do you have a, a BFAWU? Um, do you have a, a group in, in Plymouth, for example, in Thanet? Do you list all those places on your website? And can, can people who aren't um, in that particular business join your union or do they have to join a different union i mean i mean we we would always say to people obviously if there's a trade union in your workplace you join them if there's not a trade union in your workplace 
and then anybody's you know as long as you eat food or drink is is the two main uh requirements uh eating food and, and drinking you know then 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 obviously you're more than welcome to join the bakers food and allied workers union um we 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 have branches across the country um and I'm not sure about Plymouth. I mean, I know we did have. I mean, there was a British bakery there, but I think it got shut down. So I'm, I'm not sure we've got something in Plymouth at the moment. I think the, the closest would be over um, uh, a bit further away in the likes of Bristol and Western Supermare and, and, and around that area, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we we, we organise... I mean, we, we are trying to put together and improve our, our website information. I mean, we've just upgraded our website and we intend to have different pages for the different employers that we represent uh, in, the, in those workplaces. So people would be able to identify whether or not uh, there's one of those workplaces in their area. Um, yeah. Because, you know, the thing is that you for long for a long time, members of the unions have always said, well, our subs are paid towards the Labour Party who yeah. do absolutely nothing for us. So yeah. why should we pay our subs? But so really, you've got to say to people, yeah, you you pay your subs so that the union can represent you uh, against or against your employers if you've got an issue with your employer. Um, but also, if you do, um, if you do invite people who aren't with that particular employer into your union, then those subs are, are warranted then to to be spent on such things as community, you know, not just in your workplace, but in your community where you live. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we have a political fund, um, which which obviously we used to use to to contribute to Labour, which we're not going to be contributing to Labour. Uh, we'll still have a political fund, and and we will still continue to be political, um, because that's obviously one of the things that that you have to have if you want to run campaigns. Uh, I mean, currently we have a campaign for fifteen pound an hour. I mean, that's a political campaign. Um, you know, we, we, we run a campaign to abolish zero hours contracts. You know, mm. we support the renationalization of the NHS. I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, you know, who wouldn't support the, 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 uh, the renationalization of our energy? Uh, especially when in April we see, I mean, this will be the, the, you know, some, some campaigning stuff. I think anybody standing in an election, who wouldn't want to see the renationalization of our energy? You know, when, when those prices, uh, go through the roof. I mean, they're already doubling for people. Yeah. I mean, but by April, you know, they're expected to increase again. And that's going to be hitting hard-pressed families at a time when, you know, all prices are starting to to rocket, you know, and, and, and campaigning against against those those price increases and showing people how we can make their lives better. I, I think yeah. are, are key ingredients for, for, for bringing people into politics, understanding yeah. why the system doesn't work for them any longer and how um, we can change their lives. But they have to take a leap of faith, you know? I don't know if, I don't know if you've gone up, Lizzie. I can't hear anything. Everyone's frozen. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> Apart from us. Except me, I've got a big blanket. <laughs> One of us is going to have to take over the show, Ian. <laughs> what can I say? Can I interview you? <laughs> go, go, go ahead, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you I'd what. Like you know, right. Well, fine. Words from you, Christine. <laughs> Sorry, would we, you like? To, we all froze for a bit. Yes, please. Anything um, at the end, just about what people should do and can do to to work independently. Have you muted yourself? No. No, I haven't. I was just trying to hear you've gone a bit kind of intermittent. Um, what I was going to say was that the way to get people involved in... Oh, hello, Christine. You're oh, hello. 
Did you want me to say something? I've unmuted. Can you hear me? I can oh. hear you. <laughs> Cherry. <laughs> Christine hasn't spoken yet, Lizzie. <laughs> we're, we're not hearing you. You're breaking. You're coming in and out. Yeah. Are you back with us? Lizzie. <laughs> this is such fun, isn't it, Zoom? <laughs> Yeah, one of us is going to start talking and then Liz is going to come in again, isn't she? Christine, if you'd like to just carry on with what you were saying and uh, I'll, we'll, okay. uh, we'll, we'll finish after that and see if it's if it's okay. This is the voice of God, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was that the, the way to get people involved in politics and give them faith in politics again is to look at the little local campaigns and get them to extrapolate from those to what they think should be happening nationally. But we had a campaign, um, well, we've got an ongoing campaign about Southern Water, who've been trying to kill us in various ways by polluting our rivers, putting sewage into our seas. Um, on the Kent coast, they were closing the beaches for weeks and weeks in the summer, you know, in, in a tourist area, disastrous. And people came together from all sorts of political backgrounds to complain about what Southern Water was doing. And that there were three huge demonstrations in three of our coastal towns, and there will be more. Um, and there would be more, except that the weather has changed and Southern Water is now under the cosh of some sort. So, but people extrapolated from that, that the water companies should be nationalise that water should be a resource that's available to everybody free and clean and reliable you know that's one of the Oxfam campaigns isn't it that you try and get it in the developing world well if you can't get it here god help us you know this is a basis of public health really so it does draw people into politics so you know find out what people are getting upset about um join their campaigns and talk to them about how national politics or the, the political principles come out of the local actions, you know, get them to to move their thinking outwards from their own personal problems and the problems of their area into national problems and how they can be solved on a national basis. That's my thinking. Are we back, Lizzie? Well, I don't know, am I? <laughs> am I back, everybody? You're yes. Back. I, I don't I hadn't even realised I'd gone anywhere because I could still see me and hear me. <laughs> uh, that's quite disconcerting when that happens. So, Terry, last uh, couple of words. We've got two minutes left. So, last words. What can we do to, to invigorate people to become political and get out there in May and get some independent councillors and MPs into this political forum? Oh, not much there then, is he? Um, look, um, there's a, there's a, Ian and Christina, have, I've just sort of said it all really, you know, I mean, Ian came out with a great expression a moment ago, like who wouldn't vote for it? Who wouldn't want to, to see the, you know, the electricity, the, the, the utilities companies, who wouldn't? Well, you know, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? The, 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 we're obviously in, the, in this situation that we're in now for a reason, um, which meant that at some point in time, something went wrong to make this, this thing happen in the first place. So we got to reverse that in some way. So my my parting thing is, by the way, um, I think this is going to take time for me, this May election. I think the May elections are, are the May elections and we'll do what we can. But for me, from where I'm coming from, it's a case of like trying to build up a relationship with the local communities um, and rebuild trust in them and communicate with them. So um, my, my, my philosophy here is, is to get out and, and contact and communicate with people because all those great things that, that Christine and Ian are talking about, I think will only happen. Ian, Ian again, I'm sorry to paraphrase everything you're saying here, Ian, but he talked about solidarity, right? And I think that solidarity in the streets with the people, not just in political movements, but with your communities, with the people that you speak to, include them. You know, exhibit, exemplify solidarity with them, make them feel included, let them feel the, the benefits and the force and the power of what solidarity can do and, and, and build those relationships. Because I think that this country has been divided and conquered for such a long time now that people are very skeptical, very cynical of things like politics. So I think that 
my mission in Life at the Minute, Lizzie, as a lifelong non-voter, is to try and communicate with people and give them the opportunity to get involved in changing the things that Ian and Christine have so eloquently um, expressed. So um, that's Thank that's you it. very much, Terry. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm afraid we've run out of time. Thank you so much, Ian, Christine and Terry, for joining us. And I'm really sorry. We tried to get uh, Chris back at the last moment there, but I don't think, is he is he able to come back in, Gaz? Yay! Comrades, yeah, sorry about that. Somebody's, uh, somebody's uh, having a laugh with my internet connection, I think. But anyway, so... so the, for the last moment, we've got we're we're overrunning by a minute, but I'm sure everybody would just love to uh, congratulate you on your award for a lifetime's achievement, and uh, thank you really for for everything that you've done to bring us all together uh, with your democracy roadshow, which changed people's lives. You know, we, we think of Jeremy Corbyn changing our lives by being there um, and speaking. But you, when when you knocked on the door of that um, secret, secret building and the guy opened the door and then shut it in your face and, and you said, I'm not going to go away, I'm still going to investigate you and dark money people and, uh, you know, like overseas funding for things. It was just so magical. And I think that's what terrified the establishment and why they yeah. were so persistent in trying to get you out. But we'd all, I, I'm sure every single one of us who knows you want to say thank you. Well, thanks very much for that, Lizzie. I really appreciate it. And if you can hear me okay, and apologies that we had technical problems yet again this evening. Always seems to be a difficulty whenever I'm uh, hosting uh, Resistance TV. And uh, it's just when we go live, because it seemed to be working okay prior to us uh, going live. But anyway, we'll have to look at that and see how we can deal with that in the in the future. But no, thanks for that. We, we were taking on a lot of vested interests. I think that was the, the problem. Lizzie and you know they were clearly determined not to just shut down Jeremy but to shut down any 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 of his supporters or any any prospect that we might get a a modest socialist program and a, an anti-imperialist foreign policy agenda I think that's the thing that really scared the living daylights out of them the military industrial complex in particular were, were not keen to see their their profit stream interfered with and and that that door that you mentioned that was the door to the integrity initiative which was a it's a so-called charity that is publicly funded and received over the last, or the, sorry, just received 18, over the previous 18 months when I knocked on their door, around two and a half million pounds from the Foreign and Commonwealth Office and from the Ministry of Defence. And uh, much of that money had been used to smear the Labour Party and to smear Jeremy Corbyn, and that was a matter of record. And, uh, yeah, we wanted to ask some questions about that, but, uh, yeah, we, we didn't get very far. And, and shortly after that, I was suspended. I'm not sure the two things are connected, but some people say they are, but I'm not necessarily saying that. But that's yeah. what Anyway, I'm on my phone now, by the way. If you're wondering why the background's different, I've actually transferred to my phone. Seems to be... You're not having a cuppa, are you? No, 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 I'm not Relaxing, doing that. No. enjoying yourself. <laughs> no, I was, trying to, I was trying to listen to you on the, on the YouTube, and uh, I'm really sorry I've not been able to participate in this, and because I was particularly keen to hear you know, from, from, from Terry and from Christine and, uh, and obviously from Ian, who has been on the programme previously. Uh, so, profuse apologies, comrades, but, but thanks for, for coming on and thanks for what you've said and thanks for what you're doing. It's really important that we continue to work together and stand in solidarity. And I was, you know, particularly keen to be on this programme because, you know, Terry was uh, uh, expelled for wearing a Resist T-shirt and and Christine for having the temerity to wish me good luck, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, there it is. That's the T-shirt that got him expelled. I mean, it's an absolute ridiculous state of, of affairs. Uh, and obviously, Ian are doing a brilliant job with the Bakers Union and, uh, you know, leading leading the charge. And, you know, their members decided that they had enough of the Labour Party. And um, But they got form, of course, because I don't know if you've... Because uh, I wasn't able to hear all of the programme. And I don't know whether you mentioned, Ian, the fact that, you know, Ronnie Draper, former... General Secretary, when Jeremy was the leader, uh, and when the coup had occurred and we were going into the second leadership uh, election, was uh, was actually suspended. One of the thousands that were suspended at that time, if you remember, to try and uh, influence the outcome of the uh, of the vote. 
of course, they didn't succeed. And, uh, you know, if, if, if the members had been put in the driving street, comrades, we wouldn't be in this situation. And even Ed Miliband made that point back in 2015. He said, if we'd listened to the members a bit more when we were in government, we wouldn't have made as many mistakes. And I mean, I've made that point on a number of occasions, quoting Miliband, because we wouldn't have gone to war in Iraq. We wouldn't have started privatising the National Health Service. We wouldn't have introduced tuition fees. We wouldn't have cut benefits for some of the poorest people uh, in, 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 the, in the country. And many of the other, you know, dreadful decisions that were taken under the Tony Blair and Gordon Brown premiership. So anyway, I'm, I'm waffling on that, comments and we're over time. But, but thanks again and happy Christmas to everybody and all the best for 2022. Merry Christmas. If everybody wants to unmute and say Merry Christmas to the audience. Thank you, Chris. Thanks very much. Happy Christmas. Thanks a lot, Thank you very much. And yes. thank you very much for watching, everybody. Thank you.